0: Welcome back to Season 2 of That So Second Millennium, the Catholic Science Podcast, where we look forward to the new synthesis in the new millennium between faith, philosophy, and science. Welcome back to That's So Second Millennium, Episode 90. I did indeed get Bill to get back on the podcast with me, so we had an enjoyable discussion. Split it up into two parts. At, le- at least two parts. So here's the first part this week. Uh, we talk mostly about uh, deacons and parish life, actually. Uh, we'll make the connection with sociology somewhat explicit in a future episode, but uh, that's that's the spirit, at least on my side, that's uh, a spirit in which uh, this is being offered. Of course, as Catholic scientists, we're Catholics and we're watching the church, you know, go through its own sort of upheaval uh as we go as we enter modern society and of course modern society in many ways is defined by its opposition to the catholic church which puts us in an interesting position puts all of us in an interesting position catholics and anti-catholics alike so uh, we're talking we're talking mostly about deacons and about church leadership and communication actually that's entirely what we're talking about in the course of this uh particular podcast
1: hello paul yes it is uh, about time and it's good to hear your voice uh and uh, more directly than I do when I listen to your solo flights and I enjoy them. Uh, But uh, yeah, I I think it's uh, uh, one of the keys to our podcast uh, has been uh, the successful and enjoyable uh, conversation we have.
0: We talked uh, about deacons a little bit and we're we're revisiting. There's the, the issue about permanent deacons is such a muddy one. I think it was really, you know, you would perhaps remember what it was like when they first got reinstated in the uh western church yes that was that was Paul the sixth was it was a mode proprio of paul the sixth wasn't it
1: I believe that's right yeah and uh until recently here in the uh, uh, diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, we had a member of one of one of the earliest or or the or the earliest you know generation of um, deacons still mm-hmm. functioning uh, in a parish, uh, St. Babel Parish, but he just recently retired. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's awesome to think that it, it really uh, has some good, uh, good, strong, deep roots now. And I certainly appreciated your call for more people, more parishioners, uh, expressing uh, their desire to serve uh, a parish and to keep a parish alive, by gosh, through structured means like the diaconate. But I my concern there was that um, it's conceivable that if we're not careful, talking about the diaconate as a – or the permanent uh, laid diaconate, it runs the risk in these times of being poopled more as a um, – clerical a representative of clericalism rather than a uh, practical role of service to the parish in everyday life i don't, i didn't know uh, how strongly you felt about uh, the diaconate as being um, you know a, a a necessary answer a necessary part of the answer as the diaconate or whether you were using the diaconate as an example of accountability and proactive involvement uh, in the parish or both.
0: I mean, yeah, you know, the answer is to most of our problems is, is both. And and, right? you know, it would certainly be the case, you know, there, I would, you would hope there would be places, a lot of places where men would step forward, qualified men, um, fitting the, fitting the, uh, the requirements set forth, you know, from Paul on down from the, from the apostles on down of what a deacon should be, how a deacon should live, um, how it how a person who is going to be uh, ordained as a deacon should have lived his life in demonstration of the fact that he's someone we ought to be ordaining. Um, but it's, you know, it's also, you, know, you, you God makes do with, all sorts of tools that uh, we, when we're sitting here trying to think of it in our easy chair, trying to think of solutions for hypothetical, for for people so far away that their situations are practically hypothetical to us, right. um, God makes use of, of a wide variety of tools. I mean, like, a, like, a, like we were discussing before I started the recording, you know, you, the the deacons, the point of departure for the first seven deacons was that the greek-speaking widows who needed you know help from the christian community were being short changed compared to the hebrew-speaking widows so they griped to the apostles and the apostles looked at each other and said we've got a job uh we're not going to spend time on this job we're going to find other people to do this job uh, to 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 make sure that this gets done equitably so they they dig out a bunch of you know, they dig out seven men they considered responsible and qualified, and by the way, you know, Greek-speaking, presumably. Right. I don't think that's. I don't think that's stated explicitly, but gosh, it's pretty clear implicitly. It would help. Uh huh. Yeah, and then and then, of course, do we ever actually does Luke then describe any of them doing that job? No. Immediately, Stephen and uh, Philip start going out and preaching. Phil Stephen gets himself into arguments with. um other Greek speaking like Jewish converts and gets himself stoned. Meanwhile, Philip goes off to uh, Samaria and preaches and a lot of people come and get baptized. He gets whisked off to meet this Ethiopian baptizes him. He gets whisked off to gosh, Joppa or some such place preaches there over in the old Philistine territory. So they do all sorts of things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, I guess, yeah, necessarily accountability to a parish being a vibrant kind of holistic uh, grassroots parish family, uh, you know, the, the building block of, of the church, uh, um, uh, really a step up from the domestic uh, church, um, uh, it, it, It's an important, um, it's an important mission. Uh, that can, as you imply, can be fulfilled in many different ways, and probably will change over time. It looks like um, the Amazon uh, Synod is certainly contemplating handling um, handling things in a, in a bit of a different way down there. And, yeah, uh,
0: from, yeah then know, the that
1: whole parish community.
0: That whole uh, set of issues. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. Take, honestly, taken the time to read into the details of those documents, the, the quarrels that are being had about those documents. But
1: yeah, and it, it's probably uh, too early to to say exactly how that will all be fleshed out in canon law and and all of that. But it's but it is something that is increasingly being discussed. And one thing I wanted to to mention about that, and I think you even used the term elders at one point uh, last yeah. week. Um, I liked that point even more than the point about deacons, per se. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, to me, it brings back again that point about parish being a family and parishes having families having the equivalent of elders as uh, facilitators of not only communication and conversation but also of the imparting of tradition and and wisdom. And I know that, that you felt and properly feel, we, we should all feel that, that that's, a, that's something that parishes absolutely have to do nowadays because our culture is not doing a very good job at large of transporting, yeah. of, of imparting wisdom uh, oh. of a general nature.
0: <laughs> yeah. Would you agree? Oh. Gosh. oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a, that's a fairly easy claim to uh, to make there. <laughs> uh, but uh,
1: one 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 piece of good news that I happen to know about that I'm happy to share, and I think it just was announced in the last few days uh, uh, through my uh, connection with uh, the McGrath Institute for Church Life at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I know that they just announced that they've received a million dollar grant from the Lilly Foundation cool. to establish something. Let's see, there is a name for it in particular. It's called the Church Communications Ecology Program, where they're actually, uh, you know, they do a wonderful job nationwide of reaching out to ministers of all sorts who serve at the parish and diocesan level. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the Lilly Foundation is now uh, supporting a particular program uh, that will incorporate very explicitly the role of better communication and especially better use of the digital and online forms of communication as a key part of keeping parishes talking with each other or within within each other, and I thought that was pretty cool that um, you know regardless of the uh, the hierarchical uh, structures uh locally or globally, uh basically we just have to sit down uh, and uh, uh, share ideas in ways that transcend uh, multiple generations of people and certainly multiple backgrounds of all sorts. So that we're actually um, we're actually uh, uh, talking about how to keep parishes alive from everybody's perspective, yeah. if we're not talking about it, we're not going to be able to do it. No, no number of deacons or priests or bishops are going to be able to to keep a parish alive if, they, if the parish isn't communicating within itself.
0: Right. well, yeah, there'll be seen, be no cohesiveness to it for sure. Yes, Yeah. Which is unfortunately what we see, and that's, you know, the product of the entire 20th century, I mean, atomization of culture in general.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and we've fallen victim uh, within the church just as much as any secular institution.
0: Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, or it made you think, come on over to that So Second Millennium's Facebook page, and leave a comment or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you.